Hi friends, my name is Jenna, one of the three voices you'll hear on this podcast. I have worked in the wedding industry for five years and I can't wait to share all of the advice, tips, and tricks you'll need, and even better, alongside two amazing other industry professionals. Whether you're a newly engaged couple, a wedding pro, or just want to have a laugh, we're here. Now who's ready to pull back those curtains and have a glimpse behind the party? behind the party today i have two very special guests we're wrapping up the proposal series with two special guys that are going to share their proposal stories since they have actually been the ones to propose so um i would like to welcome andy and hunter can you all say hello hello Zandy. Hello, this is Hunter. So, just to get started, what are those general thoughts on proposals? I mean, if you do it once and you do it right, it's a one-time thing. I think that proposals are overthought most of the time. Yeah, I would uh, I would say that a lot of people do overthink it. I think that going into a proposal, that the proposal itself should be a surprise, but not the actual question. I think that marriage is definitely something that you'll want to have discussed beforehand and before you even have to ask that question of would you take my hand in marriage you should already know the answer shouldn't uh be waiting on bated breath for your partner to answer and hopefully say yes you should already know the answer that's so funny that you said that because amanda has said that in like two or three episodes and we've referred to it multiple times so it's almost like you listen to the podcast thank you I think it's very respectful to not necessarily ask for permission uh, from the bride or groom's father, uh, depending on who's doing the proposing. But I do think it's worth your time to ask for their blessing. Um, I had mentioned to Jenna before I proposed that I did plan on asking her father for um, his blessing to take her hand in marriage, but I would not ask for permission. Some people might take offense to that, but I think if you found someone who you want to spend the rest of your life with, uh, it's not necessarily up to that person's father whether you do that or not. Uh, I, I agree with that. I think that, I mean, I when Amanda and I had talked about getting married, I think, you know, she laid it out pretty straightforward on the uh, how this was going to go. That I needed to go through the right process. Um, to her, that meant talk to her dad and her mom. I think you know. I I think that I had talked to her mom before I talked to the, her dad, and that's just because her dad really didn't speak to me for like a long time. So he pl- kind of played the uh, the hard guy scenario. It worked pretty well. Uh, I actually the first time that he spoke to me was uh, I would get off work and go visit Amanda in between the fire departments. And I stopped by and he offered to make me breakfast. And that was like the first time we'd spoke. This was months after we were dating. And and he made me an, an omelet full of, e- or full of, uh, full of eggs, full of eggs. <laughs> yeah, full of onions, which I hate. Um, and Amanda knew that, but I ate every bit of it. 
just out of respect for the man since he spoke to me for the first time. So I, I think I had a generalized idea of what he would, would say. And, um, and I think I had the same feeling. It, it was a respect um, for Amanda and her, her father and her entire family. She's the oldest. I was trying to set a good example for the rest of the kids that that was important to me and her. Um, he was pretty tough on me at first. Uh, he, but in the end it was great and now we're like best buds so you know it it all turned out to be great but I, I do think it is a it's a tough situation to walk into even though everybody knows that it's the right reasons I think you brought up a good point with asking um, mom as well as dad because especially nowadays either you know some people might not have both parental figures in the picture, but even if they do, um, bringing it up to both of them, either separately or together, I think is a good idea. And actually, I remember it was actually at Jenna's uh, graduation, her master's uh, party that we were having for her graduation that I had actually asked uh, both of her parents. I had pulled them outside and asked them uh, for their blessing and taking their daughter's hand in marriage. So I think asking both of them is a really good I think so. I mean, I think that as a child, you have your own relationship with each parent. And for for me in particular, I, I really was, even at that early on, I was very close with her mom. I mean, she was there. Her dad worked all the time. So talking to her mom and, and getting it figured out, I'm sure she had prepped her dad that, hey, Andy's going to be asking this of you at some point probably helped break the ice a little. I think that once he knew that it just, my guess is probably when he started being a lot more friendly to me, cause he's like, Oh, this isn't just a boyfriend. Yeah. Right. Time. This guy's going to be around here. So I better make him an onion omelet. <laughs> That'll be perfect. Um, anyways, I, I, I do think that it is important. I, I feel like that's that's something good. And and you get a little feedback from each parent that's a little different. You know, he, uh, Amanda's father's biggest deal was, you know, I've taken care of her up to this point, and I need you to know that when y'all get married, it will be you taking care of her and not me. And she can still come to me, and, she, you know, whatever she needs, um, I, I will gladly help her with. But it should be you... Um, taking care of that once you're married and uh, with her mom it was more about am I going to love her and you know take care of her when she's sick and and you know be there with her to raise a family I mean it was just a totally different vibe from each parent uh, but together you know it's I think what you want you know just it's easier to talk to one about one thing and one about the other probably By ready, I don't. I don't think that I had ever thought that you had taken like a specific action or said something or anything that we had discussed that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. I think it was more of a general feeling and things that you would do on a daily basis or that we would do together, kind of uh, solidified that idea that I was 
going to, in fact, propose. So I don't think it was any one. I couldn't probably put my finger on like a moment in time where I decided that, yes, I'm going to propose. It was more of just, you know, first comes love, then comes marriage kind of thing. And once you decide that, you kind of just have that in your mind one day and then it just doesn't really leave for most people. I think I just wanted to be single for the rest of my life. But then, out of nowhere, I could not stop calling this girl. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Is I'm like, there's got to be something. Because I'm just trying to be a fireman. And drive my boat. And shoot things. (laughs) But, every time I got off work, I ended up not doing any of those things. But I would go hang out with Amanda. So I think for me, it was more of, I was finding ways to get out of all the things that I had to do to spend with her. So for me, the, the more I felt like that, the more I knew that that's probably what needed to happen, that it was time to get married. That's so sweet. What was the first thing that you did whenever you knew that you were ready to propose, like to prepare for the proposal? I went and bought a ring. Just right off the bat. But I had known a guy that was a jeweler. So um, it wasn't like a, you just go pick this ring out and that's how it goes. So he did wholesale jewelry. So every uh, Monday he would get like 50 or 60 rings in. And they would go through and rate all of them. And then you would pick one out. And then the next week you could pick one out. You pick five. And um, then you would narrow them down kind of a scenario. So it was really weird, but it was like Zales would close in Seattle and this, he would go around and bid on the Zales closing and then he would get their stuff and then he'd turn around and sell it at wholesale. So it, I mean, it was a, a great deal. I was able to get exactly what I want, but it, I knew that it was going to take a little bit. So, um, I had started that process pretty early on getting a ring. I wanted rose gold. Absolutely. That's what I wanted. And so that did not come in in like the first two weeks, you know, because it would just be one piece of rose gold and I didn't like any of them. So it actually took quite a while to get exactly what I wanted. I think that's a really good logical first step. However, you're planning on proposing, because I know some people want to have that ring ready just in case the time hits them or if they're playing something a little bit more grandiose um i remember when i had started the process for getting my ring to give to jenna jenna's mother jana not to get confused had spoken to jenna's grandfather when i was driving back from lubbock to my hometown while Jenna was finishing up her master's, Earl, Jenna's maternal grandfather, had given me a call and asked me to stop by on my way back from Lubbock, which wasn't a big detour or anything like that. But he had actually, when I got there, he had laid out some of Jenna's late grandmother's wedding rings. And it was a thing that Earl had did where he, every 10 years, I believe, had bought her a, a new wedding ring was just something that they had done because when they had first got married, Earl wasn't able to afford what exactly he wanted. 
So he made it a tradition to get her uh, a new beautiful ring just to solidify their love, almost like they were, you know, renewing vows. But he'd asked me to stop by, um, and I didn't know what he had planned, but he had these pieces of jewelry laid out, and he told me to take all of them and use whatever I wanted. And that Cleta's, one of her, you know, last things that she had said before she had passed away was that I was, I was one of the good ones. And according to Jenna... Um, I was the only boyfriend or, you know, anything more serious than that, that she had ever really liked. So, um, it was a big honor for me and honestly really scary. I was carrying way too much money worth of jewelry with me back home and fresh out of college. I was so worried about losing anything. Um, but what I had done is use a stone, a diamond out of one of the rings and I had contracted a jeweler off of Etsy to make a setting for it in rose gold and had the diamond measured and took it to a jeweler, had it set, and that's how I got the ring. And I know that wasn't, that was a long-winded explanation of what the first thing you do after, you know, you knew you wanted to propose, but I think a ring for a lot of people getting ready to propose is probably going to be the first step that they take. Well, you actually asked for the blessing first because isn't that how you found out about the ring? Right. So it was actually on my way back from that trip from your uh, graduation party that Earl had asked me to stop by. So they had spoken in the day after that graduation party before I had traveled home. And he pretty much had it all laid out for me. I actually didn't know like all of the pieces of that story, so that's really sweet. I definitely don't think you uh, have to have a ring to move forward. Um, I think for me, it it symbolized you know something, uh, my first step. Uh, but I knew that it could or couldn't come in. You know, I it wasn't going to slow me down. But I I think. Um, you know, like saying earlier that a lot of people overthink um, proposals. If you have the ring, then you have the security of knowing, hey, this is just like the perfect opportunity. Like, right? Like, exactly. I could just ask spur right now. Moment. Like, spur of the moment. Like, you if you're getting too stressed over planning or, you know, just all the pieces line up. Because sometimes creating the moment is a lot tougher than just, like, living in the moment. So... Um, I know that that's kind of how mine went. Mine was chaotic, trying to make the perfect scenario. And it ended up being perfect, but not as I had planned. So I, I definitely think that, um, you know, being prepared right off the bat to have some kind of uh, spur of the moment plan is is pretty good. I think I think that's a good point you make, too, about... Everybody's situation going into their proposal is going to be different. It just so happened that Andy and I were both able to procure that ring uh, before we had decided to propose, and not everybody's going to be in that exact same situation. Now, you're going to know your significant other better than anyone. I've heard stories of people proposing with ring pops, and you know their spouse absolutely loves it. Now. Some people aren't going to act that way. And <laughs> if you propose to them with a ring pop, they might not take it so kindly. Or a string or something. Right. But I, I think that that's, that's going to be different for everybody's situation. 
Some people might not even need a ring at all, but that's just something that you're going to have to make for yourself. That decision you have to make for yourself. Well, hopefully you know that. Right. Like, if you don't know them well enough to, like, figure out, like, a ring is really important to this, you know, to my partner here, um, then we're going to, we're, you're starting off pretty rough. I, I knew that that was important. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, we actually have been seeing a lot more people going to pick out rings together lately. So they'll propose and then go pick out the ring together. So yep. in those situations where, you know, there are some people who are very particular about what they want to wear, then that's perfectly fine. But that, again, um, that's all in pre-planning to not, like, pop a question out and not ha know what, you know, your significant other's going to say. Right. So if you're pre-planning to do this, even though they don't need to know all the details, they can tell you, hey, look, I want to help you pick the ring out because super important to me. I saw, you know, my grandmother had a ring and I want something similar to that and I can't describe it, but maybe we can find it together. Um, my brother, his wife wanted a solitaire, a diamond and a very simple band. And he was just like, I, why are you just going to have to help me? I mean, because they can get so extravagant and I think she was very specific in what she wanted. So I think that they, I think they did that together. It worked out well. I mean, I, that's not how I did it. Uh, but I think that that's definitely something that's probably coming more common. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as like designs of rings are going to vary so much nowadays. Um, different metal options, different settings, different gemstones. I mean, I know I've seen a bunch of, um, you would call them non-traditional rings or gemstones where they'll have like just a completely different color uh, gemstone or sometimes even no gemstones at all. So like, I think that will go back to just knowing who you're planning on spending the rest of your life with. That's, you're going to know that better than anybody. And I think taking that into consideration, you would be able to decide what to do. Yeah, and then a good point you have there is just with all the, the different styles. You also have, um, you know, a lot of men that are, I mean, they think that this is going to look good, okay? But they're not the ones wearing it every day and looking at it. <laughs> so, right, so, so you're just picking out something that you think she's going to like, okay? Um, it's not bad to get some input on those things, Um but there's just, there's so many options of, of ways to do it. And now how expensive things are getting and, you know, just with life and houses and all the things that people are trying to do. I mean, that's a big commitment on a ring and it might not be that important to her. She might be like, Hey, let's forego something crazy and let's save to buy a house. Um, yeah, I think for me, when it's purely talking about firemen, Okay, let's talk about firemen first. They're not real smart, okay? <laughs> huh? Also, also, I am a fireman, so and my all my family is firemen. They see flashy things, and they think, this is it. I ride around a big fire truck, and I look cool all the time. What more would a woman want than just this big, hideous diamond? 
Okay. <laughs> like the biggest I can buy the best. I don't care about clarity. I don't care about whatever it's made out of. I just want something big because she can't say no to that. Okay. That's how firemen think. Luckily I had advice from other people other than firemen. I often also, uh, they're really good to talk to firemen because a lot of them have been through a lot of this process multiple times. Okay. <laughs> that this is usually, I like to, I've presented to the fire department quite a few times to have a punch card system out at the venue to where the 10th one's free. So when you sit down with a bunch of firemen, they can literally tell you what works and what doesn't. And what I have determined is um, bigger is not always better when it comes to rings. Okay. And you can't take the first one and use it on the second one. That doesn't work. And you can't, you can't go from the first one to the third one and think, well, enough time has passed and life to where I can recycle this at this point. It's not the same thing as your explanation of Jenna's sweet grandmother. Okay. This is way different. That's all I got right now. <laughs> that was a good one. I, I think that was all great. Great advice. Don't recycle the thing. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say that that is very good advice if you're thinking about. <laughs> I don't know where you're at on this, but. Did you share your plan with anybody else after deciding to propose? I know for me and some people you know, listening to this podcast might know my personality and who I am. I am not to, you know, diss myself too much, but I'm like a eclectic, very eccentric individual. I knew that when I wanted to propose, I wanted it to be like a full day thing and getting all of that ready and also getting the ring design. It did take a while to put together and, and the longer you go on planning it and uh, trying to get everything ready, it there's a bigger risk of like, you know, your significant other finding out. So trying to be pretty quick with it. But I did share my plan with a couple of people. I know I told my parents, I, I, I never told them like exact details or anything like that, but what I was kind of going for, and I did tell my brother as well. They were all extremely supportive of what I was planning on doing. They said that it would fit perfectly with both Jen and my personality. So I did share, but I didn't share a ton of stuff. Uh, the same for me. Um, I shared some of the details with my parents um, and my brother, you know, just to get um, advice, just because I did mine in uh, a different country. So it, where there was a lot of pre-planning, and I had to take off work, which was hard. There, there was a lot of moving pieces. And so I had to kind of get advice and help from multiple people to figure out how to make it kind of flow um, with people that had, had been to the resort we were at. And kind of Amanda and I were staying at two different resorts in Mexico. And we were trying to figure out how to get on the ferry and how to get across and go to Cozumel. I mean, there was a lot of moving pieces. So I, I think that for me, I probably included more people than I typically would have. Um, and, and a fireman actually went with me speaking of firemen. Um, 
he videoed it and so obviously he knew he stayed he uh, him and i went and stayed in one hotel and amanda was with her family in another hotel and so I, her parents knew what day i was going to do it um but nobody really knew exactly what was happening which is pretty good i think that's i think that's fantastic i think that not sharing your plan with anybody in its entirety is going to only benefit you because here's the thing if you know your plan, and you're the only one that knows your plan, if something doesn't go according to plan, then nobody's the wiser. I think that you can adapt and change and make small tweaks. I know the day of that, that I had proposed, I think two like pieces that were pretty critical uh, weren't able to happen. And so being able to come up with something on the fly and get it changed uh, wasn't hard because you know, I didn't have a, a ton of people like that knew exactly what was going on or knew like the timeline. So um, the ones that I did have to shift around, it's a lot easier just shooting a quick text and saying, "Yeah, this is changing right now." So, but I think uh, if nobody knows your plan, then you can change it at will. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is get back and like have your family like ask, "Did what did you think when you saw this?" And that's not what happened. Exactly. So, you know, then your uh, fiance is like looking at you like, what the heck? Like, that's what was what you were going to do. Um, uh, I think that's just uh, too much chaos. Yeah, I would agree. Were you nervous? I could talk about this one easy. <laughs> so I, uh, growing up, I had like terrible stage fright up until probably like middle school. Not to go back too far, but I just want to set the scene a little bit. Terrible stage fright. Um, grew out of it a little bit during high school and college. Um, you know, became a fairly proficient public speaker. Um, but always putting on like a show or doing anything like that it was is always pretty nerve wracking. And I swear I felt like a freaking middle schooler going to give up my first public speech like the entire day when I had this plan. Even though I was the only one that knew about it. Um, just... I swear that ring box in your pocket weighs about a ton when you have to carry around all day and you're just waiting for that time and you're trying to keep it a secret. You're trying to hold all these feelings inside. <laughs> it is nerve wracking and not in the sense that I was worried about what you were going to say. I knew exactly what you were going to say, but just the act of actually, you know, getting down on one knee is, is terrifying for other reasons. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. I agree. And if you've ever seen the show Love is Blind, they actually say no sometimes when they get up there. <laughs> so, you know, even if you think the whole two weeks that you're going to get married, sometimes they even say no then. So, you know, that, that could be, you know, you really never know. No harshness about the people my two cents maybe don't use that as the best benchmark for what you're planning on doing but uh i have you know i could talk a long time about just that show but um <laughs> hey there's some successful marriages from the show oh i think it's hilarious <laughs> i mean I, I think it's hilarious uh odd way of doing things but i'm just saying uh the confidence that some of these people have in in literally two weeks now you pile that on with two years. I'm telling you, I don't care how long you have been 
ready and you know the answer, when you go to one knee, there's a thought in your mind that, that this she could say no. Yeah, there's a shadow of a doubt. Right. I think that that is, I think that's what makes you sweat. You know, I mean, you're just, you're super confident. Even if your day has turned out perfect, I just think that when you make that choice to like, I probably fear within yourself at, at to some degree, like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just whether she's going to say yes or no. It's also you making the decision at that moment to ask a question. I that's, think that's tough. That's a great point. And, you know, probably something that's not even touched on a lot because we're always worried about the person being asked, like, what's their thoughts or what are they going to say? But you have to think as you take that action of actually proposing, you're making a huge life decision for yourself. Um, and saying like, this is what I want to do. And like with all major life decisions, like you kind of have to take that leap of faith and just, I agree. Hope that it's going to go the way you're planning on this going. So there's literally a lot of pieces moving in your head. Like, um, just in the preparation, like I said, even if it goes perfect, it's still, it's still nervous. I mean, I, I was very nervous. Um, she never said yes we've been married for 10 years. Um, she never actually said yes to me. And that bothers me a little bit to this day. She has since told me yes. And we have three kids and we have a house and a business and all these things. But when we look back, right. So, you know, I went off pure reaction. It seemed good. I did tell her to put the fin- put the uh, ring on your finger because we were actually out in the water and waves were cresting me. So I had to tell her it's you got to put this on, yes or no. And then she frolicked out of water, and here we are. We're married. We got you know some kids and stuff. So I'm guessing it was yes. But I really wanted to know. At that moment, is this is? Are you going to say yes or no? Hey, but I love all the advice and everything that y'all talked about the nerves of everything because that's the stuff that we really can't talk on because we've never proposed to anybody, and I'm sure that that's a very, very nerve-wracking situation to be in. What if somebody asked you to give them some advice that was wanting to propose? What's your advice? If somebody were to ask me for advice, I think I would turn right around and ask them questions about their relationship. If I didn't know, if it was one of my friends or something like that, and I knew who their significant other was, who they were planning on proposing, and I've known them for a while, I could probably formulate something in my head that would, you know, represent them in a way. If it was just somebody off the street that was like, hey, dude, I'm planning on proposing, um, so I got a wedding ring on your finger. Just wanted to know if you had any advice. I would probably ask them a ton of questions about their relationship. Um, do they do any hobbies together? Do they have, you know, animals? Do they, what do they like to do in their free time? What's y'all's relationship? Is it super serious or is it more playful? Like what's the perfect night, you know, for y'all? Is it staying inside or is it going to do something crazy out on the town? I think that, it's hard to give 
general advice, but if I did have one piece of advice, I would say, you know, be confident in yourself and be confident in your relationship before you decide to propose. Yeah, I agree. That's very important. And I, I think all those were great questions. For me, I think the first thing that I would ask somebody is, um, well, what does your significant other want? Uh, what do they care about? And what matters most to them? Is it family? Is it um, just y'all's relationship together? I think because planning um, for the proposal you do need a lot of intel. I mean, if you're an extravagant person, but your significant other is not, then I think you have to play into who you're asking. So um, I think that would be my advice to them is if um, what your girlfriend, boyfriend likes the most is um, fancy dinners with just you two, lot different proposal than we like to go of our friends and play cards all the time. So I think that you really have to know the setting, the setting first, you know, you have the pieces. Um, and then I think for me, I'm a very traditional person. I still get traditional wedding gifts, or, um, anniversary gifts every year. Um, that's my thing. I've always been very traditional when it comes to that. Probably goes hand in hand with the fire department. We, I grew up with, uh, my dad was a firefighter. My mom was a nurse. We were a very traditional family. And every year we celebrated the thing, same things at the fire department. We honored and have a lot of pride in our job. And that's, to me, I, I, I put that same uh, spin on our marriage and our proposal. So if the person is not traditional, it would be harder for me to give them great advice because to me, it's so important to talk to the mother and father and to set things up on some kind of time, you know, timeline. So you're not uh, a just overthinking it and planning two years out for something. Um, cause a lot can happen in that time or B you plan it too short and you don't, you know, you don't want to ask to talk to the parents and do any of the traditional things. For me, that's, you're not going to get the best advice from me because I just have that traditional mindset. So my advice is always going to be first, you need to find out what the person likes and then you need to talk to the family and then, you know, you set these things up. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I want to add one thing. When talking about proposals, it depends. I think you can, like, depending on the person, depending on your relationship, you could go a hundred, a thousand different ways with it. Um, and I think that just like Andy, if you wanted to ask someone for advice, find someone who's, you know, maybe a little bit further along in their relationship um, and their relationship kind of emulates yours in certain ways. Exactly. If you were going to seek out advice, I think that's the best advice I could give you. Find someone who, um, maybe, if, maybe if, you, if it's your parents or maybe it's an older couple friend or if, you know, whoever you ask, if it emulates your relationship, then you're going to get better advice than two random guys on a podcast. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, I love that you touched on like the every relationship being different and want, wanting like advice based on who the couple is and what they enjoy doing together and stuff like that. But is there any like general advice that you'd give to somebody to say that they're nervous or um, just the general little anxiety that comes along with proposing no matter who it is and how, what their relationship's like. Do you have any like general advice? If you're feeling antsy or just nervous about something, um, if you don't mind it, <clears throat> I would suggest taking a shot before you do it. Yes, um, definitely. Just a little liquid courage is not going to throw your whole day off. Um, <laughs> if you don't, you might just have to meditate a little bit and take a few deep breaths. I think, um, you know, we, we can't uh, take the spotlight off the fact that the whole goal in this is to get married. It's not even about exactly how the day happens or exactly when you get down on one knee. Uh, the goal in this is to um, get engaged to somebody that you care for enough to get engaged to and enough to marry. So my advice is always no matter what happens throughout the day, if you're confident enough to propose to this person, then that should be all it takes. You should just, whether it's on the day it happens or it's, you know, sitting on the couch watching a movie. I mean, when you hear couples talk about their wedding story, um, a lot of times they focus in on what happened at the end. Oh, I was standing there with, and I could not believe that, you know, he got down on one knee and um, this is what he said. And throughout the day, you could have had all these thousands of plans. And of course, you're the only one that knows them. Okay. So um, she or he didn't know that all of these were to set up this one moment. I mean, that that's almost for you, right? You want all these things to play out the correct way. Um, at the end, you just you want to get married to this person. So that, I think that is the most confidence that you're going to need. My last question is, is there anything that you would do differently if you were to do it all over again? Well, let's see. First off, if my wife could have just not just been puking everywhere, if we could go back to that moment and I could put one of those things you put behind your ear for motion sickness on her ear before I knew that she would get sick on the ferry on the ride over there, I would probably have bought those stuck one on our ear. And then we wouldn't have to deal with that. Also, she cried. Also, my friend got puke on him and he was cleaning all that up. And I was dying inside thinking this is the worst possible day to ever do this, but it ended up working out. Um, so, there's a few minor details, but in the end, it was the best story to ever be told. So if, if you're looking for, um, for me personally, going back, I don't think I would, I really don't think I would change anything. Who needs perfection? Yeah. I mean, minor details probably like, well, and most of the, most of the mistakes are, I guess you would. I would call them mistakes or something that I did wrong on the day. But if the end goal is going to be the same, then really not. 
think uh, I just remember one where I was actually going to propose. We were walking down through this park, and I texted uh, the girl who was taking our photo- uh, photographs, like of the proposal. And she had texted me, hey, you need to, like, walk down this path and then walk to this side of the lake. Well, I went on the completely wrong side of the lake, so <laughs> we just had to walk a little you bit. You were lost? But, <laughs> like, other than that, like, it's not, uh, no, I wouldn't change anything uh, at all. I think it was great, and I'm happy with how it turned out. So. That's so nice. I'm happy with how it turned out, too. I'm sure that Amanda was very happy with how it turned out as well. Well, she didn't say yes at at the end of it, but (laughs) again, here we are. We're gonna—I didn't know that your friend videoed it. We're gonna see that video. We're gonna put that on. Oh, we we will have to take a poll on that on what she said. Okay, I think it it was just a picture. Oh, it was just pictures. It was supposed to be videoed. We had some GoPros. We had this whole thing set up, but. It just didn't. It just didn't work out that way. Oh, we will go to the archives. I think that's that's doable. I just think it's. I mean, it's exciting. I, I think um, getting to that part um, in your relationship. So, I mean, all of it should, theoretically, it should not be stressful. It should just be fun. I mean, it's supposed to be a time that you both enjoy. Um, If you talk about these things beforehand and you're pretty confident in um, a plan that you're going to get married and and you've done all the steps that are important to you, then I, I just think that you need to enjoy the process. And I think a lot of people forget about that along the way. And they get tied too tied up in a situational thing or um, is, you know, my ring good enough or what can we afford or, and and a lot of times that doesn't even matter to the other person. They just want to be married. So um, I just think you should got to, you just got to enjoy it. Yep. I will say the exact same thing. I think that you can do as much planning as you want and as much preparation as you want, whether it be a week, a day, three months, a year, however long. And I give this same advice to couples before their wedding, before the actual day. You do all this planning on the day of, whenever you decide to do it, don't sweat the small stuff. There's going to be something that doesn't go perfectly. And something that might stress you out but you just need to take it in stride and enjoy it exactly like andy said it's a day that you're going to want to remember and you don't want to remember back thinking about how stressed you were you just want to remember that you had a good time that you got engaged to the person that you love and um, i think that that's the advice that i would give i love that what a way to wrap it up you guys you all have given some amazing advice, and um, we are so glad to have had you on the podcast. Hope to do it again soon, if we can talk you into it. Next episode, prenups. Perfect. How much money do I get? Also, last tip I have on the night, 
please serve beer at your wedding. Because obviously I'm married now and I'm going to be coming to somebody's wedding in the future. And, and you don't have beer and any kind of alcohol in the scenario, then I'm sad. And so I think people need to make sure that they have a good list of beers. So happy to have wrapped up the proposal series with two awesome guys who um, actually proposed. And hopefully this will be good advice for you guys. Talk to you next time. Thanks again for tuning in. As always, you can find us at Behind the Party Podcast on Instagram. We want to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or email behindthepartypodcast at gmail.com. We can't wait. See you next time.